episode 113 of One Man Watchpoint, an Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. Now, if you're a returning listener, you of course know who I am. If you're new around here, I am Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials, but especially over on Twitter where you can find me, you can follow me, you can tweet at me, you can DM me, whatever you want. Give me questions, comments, topics for the show, whatever you've got over there, and I'm happy to bring them over here. Now, this is, in case you are not familiar, an Overwatch podcast where we cover everything around the Overwatch League, uh, Overwatch itself, of course, Overwatch 2. Uh, more recently, and in fact, in today's episode, we will be talking quite a bit about the Overwatch World Cup and everything else in between. Now, you can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, and all that jazz. And of course, if you enjoy what you heard here today, I encourage you to head on over to Ready, Set, Pwn on podcast services everywhere. Ready, Set, Pwn is your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant in the Overwatch League. I am, of course, the third chair over there, uh, along with my co-hosts Alex and Chris. We talk everything Vancouver Titans, Toronto Defiant, and Overwatch League action. We also have a very exciting upcoming guest over on Ready, Set, Pwn this Friday. We will, in fact, be getting a chance to talk to Adam Adamu at Grayson on Twitter. Uh, he is the interim CEO over at Overactive Media, of course, the organization that owns the Toronto Defiant, but also the uh, Call of Duty League team, uh, the Toronto Ultra. So definitely check that out. That episode, I believe, will be going live this upcoming Wednesday. So at the time you're hearing this, that would be June 28th. So definitely check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast. Now, we've got a few stories to get to here. Uh, not a ton of action going on right now, but of course, we want to talk Overwatch World Cup. We want to recap all the action from the Midseason Madness Tournament over in the Overwatch League, which just concluded this past weekend. So without further ado, let's get on with it. I feel greatly empowered. All right, so first things we're going to kick things off with this week, we're actually going to do a bit of a PSA here, a public service announcement for anyone who may not be listening. Of course, the Overwatch World Cup is coming up rapidly. Uh, I believe we even have some uh, uh, final tryouts and things being decided right now, and that means there is a lot of Overwatch action going on over on Twitch and, of course, I believe YouTube as well. So, if you are interested in the Overwatch uh, World Cup, but more importantly, if you are interested in free skins and sprays and things, then definitely head on over to your favorite Overwatch League, uh, sorry, Overwatch streamer on Twitch and give them a uh, your precious viewing hours, or as I like to do, uh, put on a streamer who you know will be streaming through the night uh, when you're going to bed and just let that baby play. Because, of course, right now, in celebration of the Overwatch World Cup, if you watch two hours of a streamer with drops enabled, you will get the World Cup 2023 spray. If you watch two additional hours after that, that's a total of four hours, you will get the Overwatch World Cup 2023 player icon. If you watch four more additional hours 
Of course, beyond that, you will get the Wrecking Ball World Cup home and away skins. If you watch for more hours after that, you will get the Winston World Cup home and away skins. If you watch for more hours after that, you will get the Zenyatta World Cup home and away skins. And finally, if you watch four more hours for a total of 20 hours, of course, assuming you claim those rewards as you go, then you will get the Ramatra World Cup home and away skins. So if you're not familiar with the way this works, of course, you have to have your Twitch account linked to your Battle.net account so that you can claim these rewards. It's as it's as simple as going and finding a streamer who uh, does have this campaign linked to their account. Um, it's not hard if you look at the Overwatch category, you'll see tons of them, uh, a couple uh, one, you know, shout out for me, one that I frequently put on is, of course, Karq. Um, He is associated or affiliated with the Toronto Defiant, um, but he's a, a great Overwatch streamer there. So you can definitely check him out. But there's lots of uh, lots of big Overwatch streamers. Aspen is another one who uh, previously worked with the Los Angeles Gladiators, of course. Um, and then, you know, there's there's lots of other big ones out there. Guru, Warren. Uh, flats, uh, many familiar names if you're in the Overwatch scene or the Overwatch League scene. So definitely go check them out so that you can collect these rewards. Now, of course, again, you have to have your Twitch account linked to your Battle.net. And the other thing you have to do is make sure you claim these rewards as you go. If you watch two hours and you don't claim that World Cup 2023 spray, and you watch an additional 18 hours to get the rest of the full 20 hours, you will not get the other rewards unless you have claimed the previous rewards. So two hours, claim your reward. Two more, claim your reward. Four 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 more, claim that final reward. Now, the other thing is uh, the Overwatch League, uh, sorry, Overwatch in general, has a lot of campaigns ongoing right now. I actually just recently discovered that there was a contenders one that I didn't even realize I was collecting for. Um, I didn't manage to collect all the skins that they had available uh, because I didn't watch that much, but definitely make sure you're paying attention to these and make sure you're claiming those freebies if that's something you're interested in. So there you have it. That's the PSA for this week. Lots of free stuff. And I believe after this World Cup uh, skin uh, drop campaign uh, completes, I believe there is another one. Amazon Prime is also running a number of uh, Prime Gaming um, campaigns with with Twitch as well, where if you check your Prime Gaming, you can claim things like uh, Battle Pass tier skips. I believe they've had five free as the most recent campaign they've been running. Um, and it's as simple as, you know, go to your Prime Gaming sub, uh, hit that link, and then, of course, uh, click to link it to your Battle.net account, and you will have those rewards the next time you log in. So check that out. Now then, with all of that said, we're going to head on over, talk a little bit of news. So the first thing we want to talk about here is, of course, going to be the upcoming Overwatch World Cup. And what better way to do that than with an article that breaks it all down for you. So let's head on over to Dot. No, sorry, not Dot Esports. My bad. Dexerto.com with an article by Ryan LeMay posted on June 15th, which reads how to watch Overwatch World Cup qualifiers and earn free skins, schedule teams more. For the first time since 2019, 16 nations will compete in the Overwatch World Cup for a chance to walk away with the lion's share of a crowdfunded prize pool. Before we reach the LAN finals, here's everything you need to know about the qualifying stage. 
We are just about halfway through the 2023 Overwatch League season, as the midseason madness in Seoul is just around the corner. Obviously, this article came out just a little bit before this past weekend. The league's sixth best teams will face off in a three-day tournament, which will crown a midseason champion before the start of the summer season. The Owl isn't the only competition in town, as 40 teams are gearing up to battle it out in the Overwatch World Cup 2023 qualifiers. Let's jump right into everything fans need to know before the upcoming event. Overwatch World Qu- World Cup Qualifiers Schedule. So, the Overwatch World Cup Qualifiers take place from June 22nd to July 2nd. Here are the start times for each region. So, of course, June 22nd, that is today as of recording. By the time you're listening to this, uh, it could still be the 22nd. It may be the 23rd. It may be a little bit later. Of course, that is a full one week uh in three days so just over a week i would say just a little less than a week and a half kind of thing um for these initial qualifiers now the apac region these games start at 10 p.m pacific time 11 p.m mountain time of course mountain time is the best 1 a.m est and 5 a.m gmt the europe middle east I forget what the EMECA stands for entirely, but it's the Europe Middle East region. Starts at 6 a.m. PST. Of course, that would be 7 a.m. Mountain Time. 9 a.m. EST and 1 p.m. GMT. And then, of course, the America or North America, more more uh, realistically, uh, matches are 2 p.m. PST, 5 p.m. EST, 9 p.m. GMT. And, of course, that is 3 p.m. Mountain Time. So that's when things kick off. I'll break that down just a little bit further uh, once we get through this article here. Where to watch the Overwatch World Cup qualifiers? Fans can watch matches on the official Play Overwatch Twitch and YouTube channels, as well as the Overwatch Contenders Twitch and YouTube channels. Activision Blizzard is also allowing streamers and content creators to co-stream the event if they use a specific title and hashtag while streaming. Title, Overwatch World Cup 2023 Watch Party. Hashtag, hashtag. OWWC stream team. So there you go. Should be relatively easy to find that way. Overwatch World Cup viewer rewards. This is, of course, the rewards that I just talked about, so I'm not going to cover those again. World Cup qualifier teams. So this, of course, is a breakdown of our regions or our groups, I should say, that we have. Um, And I'll, I'll cover a little bit more about this in a second here as well. So, of course, in the America A region, we have Canada, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Mexico, Puerto Rico, and the USA, and we have three NA slots that are to be determined. America B, we have Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Peru, Ecuador, and three NA slots. In the APAC A, we have Chinese Taipei, Hong Kong, Indonesia, Japan, Philippines, South Korea, and three NA. In the APAC B, we have Australia, India, Malaysia, New Zealand, Singapore, Thailand, and three NA. In the EMCAA, we have Belgium, France, Great Britain, Italy, Netherlands, Spain, and three, you guessed it, NA slots. And in the EMECB region, we have Germany, Norway, Poland, Saudi Arabia, Sweden, Turkey, Finland, Switzerland, and Iceland. No NA slots there. That's everything we know about the World Cup qualifiers. Make sure to check out the rest of our Overwatch esports coverage. So now that we've checked that out, we're going to head on over to Overwatch World Cup, World Cup, not Kip.com. Now, the funny thing about this is that just last night, when we were recording, of course, the Ready Set Pwn podcast, um, I had mentioned that it sure seems like there isn't a good sort of central location to get everything you need to know about the Overwatch World Cup. Now, as I 
talked about this and discussed it with my co-host. Uh, Alex actually decided to Google it, and he did discover that, of course, the overwatchworldcup.com website is the place to go. So I'm going to direct your attention over there for a moment here, overwatchworldcup.com. Of course, they do outline online qualifiers June 22nd through July 2nd, and they then have a listing of all the teams competing with, of course, their nice high-res logo there, which... I, if I do say so myself, is quite the cool feature. If you click those team badges, you can then get linked to the roster, um, which has, of course, a profile picture of each of these uh, competing players. And then you can actually also follow further links to their uh, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, of course. So good stuff there. Team Canada, because I know you're all wondering, is, of course, comprised of, on our tank line, we've got... Astronex Z, that is in the tank role. We've got False, also in the tank role, former Vancouver Titan. Then on the damage line, we've got Noxious and Seeker. Of course, Seeker currently playing for the uh, Los Angeles Valiant. And then on the support line, we've got Magic Mateball, we've got Cal, and we've got Crimzo. Of course, Crimzo currently playing for the Vancouver Titans. Magic Mateball, of course, making an appearance in the uh, Pro-AM tournament that occurred just before the start of the Overwatch League regular season. So some familiar faces there, that's for sure. Um, of course, as I mentioned, you can click through these to see all of the team uh, rosters and everything like that. It is... Uh, in my opinion, pretty exciting to see a lot of these names and very interesting because there's certainly a number of teams, uh, those countries that I listed that I didn't necessarily expect to see, um, but they are playing and things like that. I just happened to click on Team Denmark here just out of curiosity, pulling a random one out of the hat. We've got Shockwave on damage. We've got Kellex on support. We've got Slay on support. We've got Shax on damage, Naga on damage, Molfig on tank, and Doge on tank. I think almost... Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly inclined to say every single one of those names I recognize I have at least seen or heard of in the Overwatch League with the exception of maybe Slay. Um, but we know we saw Doge last season uh, competing with the Houston Outlaws. Molfig. Molfig, I know the name, but I can't quite place. Uh, Naga, of course, a uh, number of seasons with the Overwatch League. Shockwave currently playing for... Uh, the New York Excelsior, previously the Vancouver Titans, previously Philadelphia Fusion before they became the Soul Infernal. Um, Kellex, of course. Uh, Kellex, who did Kellex play for? Uh, Kellex, I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but then Shax, of course, also playing for the Los Angeles Valiant back in the day. Um, and I believe a number of other teams as well. So anyways, let's, let's pick another random one with some names we might not know. Let's go for Chile. On the Chilean team, we've got Meeker, Frack, Poplots, Lazu, Popo, Ram and Debout. So there you go. There's there's a random roster that I don't think uh, everyone will know. So in any case, if you want to check out the rosters or the teams, you can do that right here, overwatchworldcup.com. That's right on the homepage with the links to each team. Now, navigating through the website here, they do, of course, have some links to general game information. So just details about the game, heroes, things like that. Um, they do have a Teams link, which just takes you to the exact same place you're at. They've got a link to Seasons, which actually takes you to the Season 5 sort of a page and everything like that. Um, but the uh, exciting thing that I wanted to highlight here, I'm actually not even seeing now. What, what's up with that? Last night when I was on here, there was a Schedule button. And now I don't see that. Very, very interesting. Huh. Well, that sure is something else, because I know that there was a schedule on here. Oh, there we go. I found it. I found it. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to do this. 
we're going to go to overwatchworldcup.com. Turns out I was not on the homepage. I was actually on the team's page already. So if you go to the actual homepage, then you scroll down just a wee bit. You, of course, get the big old breakdown of what exactly the 2023 Overwatch World Cup is, what the different phases are and all the news about it. You do then have a link to a Teams button where you can actually select by region to see um, where the different teams fall in, uh, where, where they fall, basically. Um, so it is actually very interesting because America A is all North America. So that's Canada, the U.S., Mexico, and extends a little bit into Middle America. Um, but then America B is entirely South America. So that'll be the, uh, you know, Chile, Ecuador, uh, Colombia, things like that. APAC A is mostly those, uh, Pacific Island, uh, areas, plus a lot of the, uh, area in between India and Australia, of course. APAC B is of course, India, a few of the other, uh, nations in between Australia, New Zealand and them. And then EMEC A and B, of course, Mostly just Europe and the Middle East kind of thing there. A uh, little, little bit of an interesting split that they've got there, but they have some nice graphics here to show you that. Now, the point I was getting at before, there's a schedule tab. And if you click on the schedule tab, it takes you to the online qualifiers. And of course, all times are in your local time. So these times here will be for mountain time. So you can actually filter it out by the different groups or by all for week one. Um, and week two, of course, as well. So week one, the action kicks off on Thursday, June 22nd with, let's see, how many games are June 22nd? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different games. So that's very exciting. So we kick things off at 7 a.m. Mountain Time with Poland versus Turkey. Interesting. Then we go to Finland versus Saudi Arabia at 8 a.m. And these are just hourly back-to-back-to-back kind of thing. Um, you know, there may be some overlap. But the fact is, they have so many matches they need to get through. They've scheduled them like that. So after that one, we've got Norway versus Sweden. We've got Iceland versus Germany. So this is, of course, a lot of uh, the EMCA group. We've got Belgium versus Great Britain. We've got Italy versus France, Netherlands versus Spain, and Singapore versus Malaysia. Uh, so I believe that Singapore versus Malaysia match would actually be extending out a little bit into the APAC regions. Am I crazy? I'm just looking to see here. Singapore, yes. So that would be APAC B is Singapore and Malaysia. So let's head back over to the schedule there. That's your first day. That's Thursday, June 22nd. If we continue on down to Friday, June 23rd, we have New Zealand versus Thailand starting at 12 a.m. Mountain Time. So now we're getting into some of the other regions where uh, the time zones are obviously a little bit more different. This is more APAC focused right now. Of course, as you get to the end of the matches there, we come back into some of the other regions because, of course, the time zones work out a little bit nicer. So New Zealand versus Thailand kicks things off on Friday, June 23rd at 12 a.m. early. The Philippines then face off at J against Japan at 3 a.m., Hong Kong, Indonesia at 4. 5 is South Korea, Chinese, Taipei. Sweden, Finland then play at 7, so jumping 6 a.m. there. Norway and Germany at 8, Saudi Arabia and Iceland at 9. Belgium and Spain at 10, France and Portugal at 11, Italy and the Netherlands at 12. Then Great Britain and Denmark at 1, Colombia and Peru at 3, Chile and Brazil at 4, Canada and the U.S. 
play at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. That's exciting. Costa Rica and Mexico at 6 p.m. That's another exciting one. Puerto Rico and Guatemala at 7 p.m. And Thailand and Australia jumping down to 11 p.m. as we again come into another region. Let's see how many matches that was. That was crazy. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 matches in one day. Holy cow. Okay, coming on to Saturday, June 24th at 12 a.m. We then have Malaysia, India, Singapore, New Zealand at 1. Hong Kong, Philippines at 3. At 4, we have Chinese Taipei, Japan. Germany, Finland at 7. Iceland, Norway at 8. Poland, Saudi Arabia at 9. Turkey, Sweden at 10. Portugal, Great Britain at 11. Denmark, Belgium at 12. Netherlands, France at 1. Ecuador, Colombia at 3. Peru, Chile at 4. Argentina, Brazil at 5. Mexico, United States at 6. Guatemala, Costa Rica at 7. New Zealand, India at 11. How many matches was that? Did that beat our 17? Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Okay, so I'm thinking things cap out at 17. Then, of course, we come into Sunday, June 25th. This is our final day of matches for the first week. Let's get into it. At 12 a.m., we have Australia, Singapore. At 1 a.m., we have Malaysia, Thailand. At 3 a.m., we have Indonesia, Japan. At 4 a.m., we have South Korea, Hong Kong. At 7 a.m., we have Saudi Arabia, Turkey. At 8 a.m., we have Norway, Finland. At 9 a.m., we have Poland, Iceland. At Great Britain, we have 10 a.m., Netherlands. Uh, wow. Wow, what did I just say? At 10 a.m., we have Great Britain against the Netherlands. At 11 a.m., we have Belgium, Portugal. At 12 p.m., we have Spain, Italy. At 1 p.m., we have Denmark, France. 3 p.m. is Brazil, Ecuador. 4 p.m. is Peru, Argentina. United States takes on Puerto Rico at 5 p.m. Mexico takes on Guatemala at 6 p.m. And closing out the weekend, Costa Rica at 7 p.m. plays against Team Canada. So that's kind of exciting, especially from a Canadian perspective. We close out the weekend against uh, Costa Rica, but we also not really open the weekend because there are Thursday matches, but um, we do play on that first day against, of course, uh, on that first Friday, sorry, against, of course, the United States. So that's an exciting one. And that's a really good time for, for the match as well, right? That would be 4 p.m. Pacific, of course, 5 p.m. Mountain Time. So exciting stuff and some really exciting matches too. It should be really fun to see uh, Canada play against the U.S. The U.S. does seem to have a pretty decent team, but at the same time, of course, we know that that team is largely comprised of a lot of American Tornado. And of course, we know a little bit about some drama going on with American Tornado over in the Overwatch League. Now, of course, we'll get to that. So that's your Overwatch World Cup action for this first week. Uh, we'll cover week two next week um, because that was a ton of matches that I don't even need to go into. Now, again, coming back to the overwatchworldcup.com website, if we switch over to the qualifiers tabs, we do tab, sorry, we do see a standings uh, bracket here. So you can see America's Group A, Group B, Group uh, APAC Group A, Group B, EMEC group a group b so this will actually show us the placement of these teams as of course they go around um it is a group uh sort of tournament um or a group stage in the tournament i should say um single round robin tournament each of their respective groups all matches will be first to two. Oh, that's interesting that's very very short um 
Top three teams from group A will advance to the group stage. Top two teams from group B will advance to the group stage. And then standings, uh, it breaks down how they go, win, loss, you know, that kind of stuff. So very interesting. Three teams from group A, is that right? Top three teams from group A. So of course, there's uh, there, there's a group A and group B for each region. Sorry, it took me a sec there. So realistically, five teams from each uh, sort of sort of continental bracket. I obviously realize that that's not exactly how it breaks down, but that's the idea. Um, I am hopeful that uh, you know Team Canada will be in that top five. Um, but I know there's some stiff competition in the Americas group. Of course, the U.S. is one, um, but I know there's some some other uh, big players, uh, especially coming out of South America. Um, there's there's some really good players down there, and uh, the Overwatch scene is uh, pretty big down there. So good stuff there. If we then, of course, head on over, there's a crowdfunding tab, of course, where you can uh, it actually links you to some bundles that you can buy for uh, supporting your region. Um, and then, of course, it also breaks down the details about how the crowdfunding for the Overwatch World Cup works. So 25% of all Overwatch World Cup cosmetics and bundles will contribute to the Overwatch World Cup prize pool. There will be no contribution cap, so prizing will continue to grow until crowdfunding ends on the last day of the Overwatch World Cup finals. The first bundles, the conference bundles, are on sale now, June 20th through 26th. So they aren't on sale for long. So definitely scoop that up if you're interested. Now, the interesting thing here is that because this is crowdfunding, in my opinion, they should just have this open. I mean, like, open it up on June 20th and just leave it open. Um, you know, yeah, you could change it up so things are a little more limited or something like that. But that seems really limited. Anyways, as we get closer to finals, we'll unveil our legendary and supporter bundles. We're particularly excited about the legendary skin, which is worthy of the deep blue gods that inspired it. You can check out a sneak peek of the skin from the concept art below. So this is, of course, the... World Cup Legendary that they've announced for the World Cup. It is a Sojourn skin called Ocean Goddess, and they've got the concept art here. Um, it's it's a really cool one, um, if, you, if you ask me, especially you can see her, um, uh, what do you call it, her her rail gun there, and it's got a really neat design to it, but this is, this is really dope. It really, uh, in my opinion, is one of the first skins for Sojourn that really doesn't look like Sojourn. I think most of the skins we've seen have been very just, it's it's like, yeah, okay, that's Sojourn in a different outfit kind of thing. I feel a little bit similar about Kuriko, although we've had some exciting ones for her. But in any case, this one really stands out to me. Uh, moving down from there, Milestone Rewards. So there's Milestone Rewards. These are a celebration of the community during this crowdfunding period. As the total prize pool hits specific thresholds, fun celebratory cosmetics like sprays and player icons will be distributed to all Overwatch 2 players. As future bundles go on sale, We'll share more details on how and when the milestone rewards will be available. Learn more about crowdfunding in the announcement blog here. So they've actually got then the placement and the team prize percent of pool. So in first place, or sorry, the first one is the 25%, second is 10%, third is 8%, fourth is 6%, fifth to eighth is 3% per team, 9 to 16th is 1.5% per team, and then 17 to 43rd place is 1% per team. So very exciting breakdown that they've got there. And this is actually kind of really cool. I didn't know, that, I didn't realize this was how they do it. Um, if you ask me, Activision Blizzard is a mega corporation. They could easily just shell out the, the money. Uh, and I think that they should do that. But it's 
cool to see that they give the fans a way to support as well. I would suggest that this should be on top of what Activision Blizzard contributes. Um, you know, maybe it is, and they just haven't really made that clear, but in any case, it's there. Of course, there is also, I should mention, the wild cards. So the wild card teams were teams that had to qualify into this and that's why there are some uh, na slots and some some uh, not na slots in some of the regions there of course the teams that qualified in group a uh in the emec region are denmark portugal finland and iceland so those have already taken place uh this was back in may of course they they do have the schedule here but we can see who already won so in any case um We've got, oh, look at that. Okay, that was just a screenshot that I was looking at here. We've got the whole breakdown here. So there was, of course, the wildcard challenge update, May 17th, 2023. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is because guess what? I didn't hear this anywhere. So I'm hoping that people will pick up on this. People will maybe listen to this episode and spread the word because it, I really felt like I had no information about the Overwatch World Cup. But guess what? It's all here. It's all been happening. I just apparently haven't been hearing it. So Due to unexpected changes, the team representing the United Arab Emirates, Emirates, sorry, was unable to field a full roster and will be unable to compete in this year wildcard challenge. A team from Iceland will compete in lieu of the United Arab Emirates in the EMECB wildcard challenge. So they do outline the teams here that we're playing. Um, this, this of course, I, I won't really go into because this was all uh, uh, old news kind of thing. They outline all the... Um, all the winner or all the uh, competitors and everything there, but that's all happened already. So they do then also have a leaderboard where I'm not too sure what this is showing us exactly. World Cup season three challenge: Poland won, Turkey came in second, Hong Kong came in third. Um, they had a challenge going on during season three. Uh, where you could, oh, look at that. They even outline it from February 7th to 21st. Every time you log in and play, it helps your team advance. Okay, there you go. This is old news, so I'm not even going to touch on this one. But but it's interesting nonetheless. And again, the big reason why I'm kind of going through all this right now and honestly discovering this as I go is largely, of course, because I didn't hear anything about this. I really feel like they kind of dropped the ball on this. Um, you know, I, I heard the announcements about the Overwatch World Cup and I knew some of the matches were ongoing and qualifiers or wild cards were ongoing and things like that but i just don't feel like they promoted it enough for anyone to really hear much or honestly really care i know i personally just was like okay it's happening but you know what what do i need to know why do i care so in any case i'm hoping things change i'm hoping they do a little more promotion including the teams of course that are competing so that is what I have to say about the Overwatch World Cup. So get excited. Uh, as I mentioned, their matches start on Thursday and continue through to Sunday, and there are a whole schwack of matches ongoing. So with all of that said, that's your Overwatch World Cup action. So let's bring it on back. We actually now have, of course, a bunch of Overwatch League stuff to talk about. Now, before I dive into the actual um, mid-season madness tournament, of course, we also saw some changes on a few teams. So I did mention last week uh, some of the changes that we saw, but I'm going to bring up a few more here. Of course, we know that, or we talked about last week, the cuts that the Toronto team made, uh, Toronto Defiant, of course, uh, dropping Sam, OG, and UV, bringing on Toronto, announcing that they are now bringing on Opener and Spectra. 
For all intents and purposes, everything I've heard about these two is uh, quite good. Opener, of course, we may be familiar with from the Overwatch League. Spectra, though, people are very excited about. And if you check these two out on Liquipedia, they both have pretty stellar records. Spectra looks very impressive. Um, I believe he's been with Team CC. Both uh, players have experience on mixed rosters and speak English quite well. So um, I, you know, I know that may have been a concern when it comes to the Toronto side of things. Um, I also understand that, uh, you know, even I had speculated that Toronto would be picking from uh, North American contenders for their roster, but sounds like they've, uh, you know, pulled some of those no-hill no strings, got a few uh, few APAC regioners coming over, and it also sounds like, you know, the rumor is that uh, it's a little bit easier to get a visa for Canada from Korea than it is the U.S., so hopefully they'll be with the team before the start of the season, which, of course, we do now know that uh, we will be starting the, uh, or I guess, return of the season. Uh, we do now know the second half of the season will be starting in a couple of weeks here, but we're not actually going to talk about that. We're going to save that for next week, of course, when, when we're a little bit closer. So that's Toronto for you. Outside of that, the Seoul Dynasty cut Sonjin, the Washington Justice cut FD God, and of course added Donghoon. So... Um, Interesting there, Soul making some some changes again. And Washington, you know, making a change with FD God. Uh, I personally didn't see any changes from Washington coming or didn't foresee this. Um, FD God has been consistent for them, I would say. Not necessarily stellar, but uh, definitely consistent. But regardless, uh, you know, I've heard some rumors that there may be actually a, a trade incoming kind of thing, and it may have more to do with that. So in any case, that's some roster moves that I just wanted to get out of the way. Now... Let's get into the fun stuff. So we're going to actually head over to Dexerto this time with an article by Luis Mira posted on June 18th, which of course is going to recap the Midseason Madness tournament for us a little bit. Atlanta Rain win OWL 2023 Midseason Madness. Final standings and recap. After an action-packed three days in Goyang, we finally have the first winner of the first cross-region tournament of the 2023 Overwatch League circuit. After going a perfect 8-0 in the spring stage qualifier, Atlanta Rain carried that form into the midseason madness as they went undefeated en route to the title. It was a dominant campaign from Atlanta who pocketed 500,000 with this victory. The Korean team breezed past Hongzhou Spark. Now that's a little bit of a stretch because they're not entirely Korean, of course. Um, breezed past the Hongzhou Spark in the first round and then beat the Houston Outlaws twice, 3-2 in the upper final and 4-1 in the grand final to cement their place at the top of the Overwatch scene. The tournament also highlighted the current chasm between the two regions as the two East teams in attendance, Hangzhou Spark and Soul Infernal, were eliminated in the first round of the lower bracket. With over 1 million on the line, the Midseason Madness was the first league-hosted LAN event in the APAC region. Below is everything you need to know about the event. Overwatch League 2023 Midseason Madness VODs. The Midseason Madness was streamed in English on the Overwatch League's YouTube channel, where you can also find the VOD from the entire tournament. Overwatch League 2023 Midseason Madness dates and format. The tournament took place from June 16th at the uh, sorry 16th through 18th at the Korea International Ex Exhibition Center, commonly referred to as Kintex. The venue is located in Goyang, one of Seoul's satellite cities located in the northern part of the country. The six qualified Overwatch League teams were in a double limb bracket, with two teams skipping the first round. The winner of the tournament earned $500,000, while the losing finalist walked away with $200,000. So, of course, the results looked a little something like this. Of course, on day one, June 16th, or the 15th in North America, in the upper bracket round one, we saw the Florida Mayhem get beat by the Hangzhou Spark 
two, uh, sorry, three, two. And what I think people would probably say is a bit of an upset. Um, I know I personally had Florida going, uh, beating Hangzhou, but uh, good for them. Good for Hangzhou. In the upper round one, we also saw the Houston Outlaws 3-0, the Boston Uprising. In upper round two, we saw the Hangzhou Spark is three get beat 3-0 by the Atlanta Reign. And in upper round two, we saw the Houston Outlaws 3-0, the Soul Infernal. So a number of 3-0s on that day one. Then, of course, day two, June 16th or June 17th depending on which region or area you are in in the lower bracket round one we saw the florida mayhem get a 3-2 win over the soul infernal to knock them out of the tournament in the lower round one we saw the boston uprising get a 3-1 win over the hangzhou spark knocking them out of the tournament then of course we got our upper final uh where we saw the atlanta rain take a 3-2 win over the houston outlaws and in our lower round two we saw the florida mayhem beat the boston uprising send them packing 3-0 then, of course, day three, the final day of the tournament, June 17th in North America, June 18th in uh, the APAC region. In the lower final, the Houston Outlaws defeated the Florida Mayhem in a 3-0 fashion to get themselves a ticket to the final. And in the grand final, we saw the Atlanta Reign take a 4-1 win over the Houston Outlaws. So Atlanta definitely, this is going off the, off the article here, but Atlanta definitely showcasing their strength and really demonstrating why they are the top dogs, that's for sure. Moving on from there, Overwatch League 2023 Midseason Madness teams and players. Uh, I don't really need to go into this because I just talked about all of the teams. Of course, we know how much they earned and everything like that. So it was an exciting tournament. Uh, it was, uh, I think, a lot of good matches. Even the three O's felt pretty good for the most part. And it was exciting to see a couple of teams that, uh, you know, being in the... Uh, um, western region we don't normally get to see compete all that often unless of course you're staying up very late to watch those or watching them on replay so atlanta again continuing to just dominate and really show why they are so strong now let's stick with the overwatch league uh news here we're going to go a little bit out of order on the dates of these articles here but this time uh we're going to stick with dexerto as well and read an article by declan mclaughlin posted on june 20th 2023 this article reads chengdu hunters leave owl after extended hiatus the Chengdu hunters have exited Owl, according to a report from GG Recon. I should have got this from GG Recon, sorry. The Chinese Overwatch League franchise was a part of the league's Season 2 expansion into Asia and Europe in 2018. The franchise's ro roster reportedly disbanded on May 9th, according to the Esports Advocate, and the team has been on a competitive hiatus since April. Quote, the Chengdu Hunters have exited the Overwatch League, end quote, an Overwatch League spokesperson told GG Recon, quote, the organization communicated to the League a shift in their overall strategic objectives, and we wish them well with their new direction, end quote. The team has not been a part of the Overwatch League since the start of Season 6 and has not posted on socials since January 23rd. Of course, they then have the tweet embedded uh, from the Chengdu account, which says goodbye and see you again. The reason for the Chinese team's absence from the league is due to Overwatch's shutdown in mainland China. Activision Blizzard's distributor in China, NetEase, declined to renew its contract with the publisher, meaning all Blizzard titles were unplayable in the country. Other Chinese Owl teams like the Shanghai Dragons and Hangzhou Spark have found ways to practice the game and continue competing in the league, but Chengdu seemingly was not as lucky. The news of the Hunter's demise is not a shock as many fans were waiting for an official announcement to declare the franchise dead in the water or give fans hope that it could return at a later date. The Chinese Overwatch franchise never managed to win anything in the league, but it placed second in multiple events like the Countdown Cup and Summer Showdown. 
The franchise's exit from OWL comes just weeks after the Toronto Defiant announced it had reached a deal with the league to waive what was left of its franchise fees. It is not known if Chengdu has any outstanding franchise payments for the league. The team was owned by Huya Inc., a live streaming platform in China. So there you go, um, you know, from from good, exciting news to sad and disappointing news. The Chengdu Hunters have officially shuttered. They are no more, and we will no longer have, of course, the Chengdu Zone. So that is very disappointing. But on the back of that, of course, we did have a developer update coming, uh, coming out here. Uh, and on the back, I mean, a few days later here. Just today, we had a developer update where we got some pretty exciting news. So... Let's continue on and we'll dive into some further details about that and just some more general news. Uh, so we're going to stick with Dexerto this time. Another article by Jeremy Gunn, this one posted on June 18th. Overwatch 2's new Flashpoint game mode will join OWL rotation just one month before playoffs. Overwatch 2 has had a plethora of announcements over the past week, with Blizzard dropping a flurry of details surrounding both Season 5 and the upcoming Season 6. And one of the most important announcements that seems to have been lost in the mix is the arrival of a new core game mode, Flashpoint. The game mode is intended to fill the gap left by the removed Assault game mode, aka 2CP. But what many may have missed, uh, yep, with the recent wrapped Overwatch League midseason madness, is that Flashpoint is not only just a new core game mode, but it will even be added to the rotation for competitive play. During a Watchpoint desk segment between the lower final and the grand final matches, the desk talked about some new content that's coming with Season 6, in particular Flashpoint. It was there on the Watchpoint desk that they announced the game mode will be added on August 25th to the Overwatch League. The introduction will come 15 days after its official release with Season 6 on August 10th. This leaves roughly one month between its arrival in the Overwatch League at the tail end of the summer stage for the West and East conferences and the beginnings of the playoffs around the end of September. Flashpoint's addition means for the first time in OWL history, there will be five different game modes for competitive play. Control, Escort, Hybrid, Push, and Flashpoint. However, the devs, nor Watchpoint, revealed if Flashpoint will replace one of the already existing game modes, the way Push replaced 2CP when Overwatch 2 was integrated into OWL. Watchpoint also revealed other new details about the game mode, implying that the Flashpoint maps will be the biggest PvP maps to date, and so far there are two new maps being added to the rotation. If you'd like to read more about what Flashpoint will entail, you can check it out here. So, let's talk about that. First of all, the timing, of course, which is the crux of this article. Um, in my humble opinion, it's kind of bullshit, but ultimately it's not something that we who are familiar with the Overwatch League have not seen before, of course. This happens with the introduction of new characters, and in the past it in particularly happened, uh, you know, notoriously uh just before grand finals and we had new characters coming into the game that were not previously playable in the overwatch league until literally the grand finals of course um i'm speaking of course of the 2019 season when the san francisco shock beat the vancouver titans with the introduction of sigma um that was frustrating because it really did seem like uh somewhat unfair of course you know early adopters to the new character were able to really take advantage and play him to his highest uh skill but if you struggled with that then certainly you weren't playing him at all um and that very much was a a, a pretty significant factor in the san francisco shock winning over the vancouver titans am i suggesting that could they play sigma to the same extent as the san francisco shock they may have won um, not really, no, but it does still just seem like a competitive integrity uh, issue. 
We've seen this with other heroes. Um, I think they've done better lately. And of course, we also saw this with patches dropping and things like that. I think, again, the league has done better lately. This one seems a little bit like a we're trying to draw attention to it kind of thing to the Overwatch League, which, hey, you got to market yourself, I guess. It just sucks that teams won't have more time to practice and, and play on these game modes. But ultimately, new game mode, they'd have to learn it anyways. Why not, right? So expanding on that, uh, the actual game mode itself, of course, there's been a lot of talk about what exactly it is, a lot of speculation and and s almost confirmation, uh, you know, sort of confirmation, confirmation light. I don't think anyone knows completely what exactly it is, but it seems like uh, it's going to be a lot like Hardpoint and Call of Duty, of course, essentially moving or rotating uh, capture points throughout a map. So you don't just capture a point like in control and then hold it. You capture a point and then the point moves or something to that extent. Um, you know, potentially there's there's more than one capture point available at a single time, things like that. Um, and of course that awards you points. And I believe they have said that it will be the first to three captures uh, will take the match. So likely there are five capture points and that kind of thing. So anyways, interesting stuff here. I also believe it's known that not all capture points will be available at the same time. So you can't just go out cap three and then the match is done it'll be like you capture one and then a different ma uh, capture point unlocks kind of thing and so it'll be interesting to see it, I, I am excited for a new game mode uh certainly you know even with the introduction of push it does seem like we've been playing the same game modes forever at this point um so it's exciting to see some variety now will they then have you know five different match modes in the overwatch league very hard to say I have a feeling they would probably do something like one of the match modes uh, or one of the modes is not uh, featured because it does seem like a lot and also naturally you wouldn't always be getting a chance to play every game mode because you know if a match is over in three rounds then you you wouldn't get through all five but at the same time if a match is over in three rounds right now of course we do see that you don't always get to play every game mode. So it may well just be the case that instead of repeating a control map when you reach that map five, they just slot in Flashpoint there. And, and if you get to five, you play Flashpoint. So it'll be interesting. It'll be exciting to see how this all shakes out. Moving on from there, we now have another Jeremy Gone joint on June 21st, of course, this article is the one I was actually referring to a second ago, where they talked about um, the developer update that we got. So this article posted on June 21st by Jeremy Gunn on Dexerto reads, Overwatch 2's new mystery, no, sorry, new hero mastery missions explain. Release date challenges more. When devs at Blizzard were providing new teasers in the lead-up to Season 5, they briefly showcased a new single-player mode they've been working on for Season 6, a.k.a. Overwatch 2 Invasion. This mode is now known as Hero Mastery. The concept is fairly simple. Blizzard has created hero-specific training courses as an introduction to hero mechanics for newer players. And after June 22nd's Overwatch 2 Invasion reveal livestream, we finally have more information as to what the Hero Mastery mode will entail. Overwatch 2 Hero Mastery release date. The release date will be at the same time of, as Overwatch 2 Invasion, aka Season 6, which has been confirmed to be August 10th. Overwatch 2 Hero Mastery Challenges. In the Invasion, Reve Invasion Reveal livestream, we got to look in we got a look into what Hero Mastery mission challenges will entail. Dotted throughout the map for each hero, there will be coins that the players need to collect as they go around the map trying to figure out 
uh, sorry, trying out a hero's movement mechanics. The goal is to get as many coins as possible, which will build up a mastery score. Not too dissimilar to what the LEGO games do with studs, completionists will need to use some mechanical trickery to get some of the harder to reach coins. And naturally, each run has a timer. If the Overwatch training range speed runs are anything to go by, chances are this will be a whole there will be a whole subsection of the community racing to see who can get the fastest times. Scores will be tallied by the end of the run with your mastery score and time being displayed. So to the speedrunners, the game mode was all but made for you. Overwatch 2 Hero Mastery, helping new players. One of the goals of Hero Mastery, as Overwatch dev Kim Horn explained in a recent live stream, is to allow newer players to figure out if a hero's mechanics fits them well, or just to practice the fundamentals of a hero. From showing that players can get double jumps, get a double jump as Winston when activating Primal Mid-Air, to showing that Tracer can get up to higher ground by jumping and blinking, and subtly teaching players how to keep afloat as Mercy, a range of advanced mechanics can be learned here. And that is all there is to know about the upcoming Hero Mastery in Overwatch 2. If you'd like to learn more about the Invasion event, you can find more information here. So, very, very interesting stuff. Um, obviously, we knew that this was coming. Uh, we knew a little bit about this. Um, but ultimately, we didn't really have a good idea of what exactly it would be. In my mind, the thing that this really reminds me of is the target practice in... Uh, in Super Smash Brothers Melee, I realize it's going to be more robust than that because that was, well, it's essentially a version of that, really. I was going to say that was more just about navigating a 2D pane, but really, it's very similar. Um, you know, in that, you're using all the abilities of a character to take advantage and to learn how to control that character better. That's exactly what you're doing here. So it'll be interesting to see what they do put into this and and you know how they uh, how they really tie it all together. Um, what kind of level of polish it has? You know some of the screenshots they've shown. It's not you know on existing maps. It's in a training ground area, which I'm fine with. Um, but it just will be exciting to see or interesting to see how it all really ties together. That's that's kind of how I feel about it. And if it is able to teach many people uh, or much of the existing community anything new um you know for for example that winston double jump that they mentioned there is not something that i consciously have ever thought about but it is of course something that you do as a winston you know when you play winston if if you it's just i don't know maybe i've just been playing for so long that i understand that it is a a function that you can do but in any case i'm excited to see how it all shakes out now that is actually all the news articles I have here, but I'm going to start pulling, I think, a little bit more of my news from some other sources because what I'm really finding is that the actual articles on the traditional media websites, the Dot Esports, the Dexertos, the GG Recons, um, although they provide a ton of context and a lot of information, they also, I'm having a hard time finding something that sort of captures everything I'm seeing across the other mediums, so namely Twitter, but also Instagram, TikTok, things like that. So one one source that I really want to start using is the Omnic Post. Now, the Omnic Post is an account on Twitter that I've followed for a very long time, uh, since very early days of Overwatch. They they only have 10.3 thousand followers. They're very similar to an Overwatch Cavalry um, and many of these other sites that post things like that, but I really like the style and the voice behind the Omnic Post. So I want to draw your attention to a few of the tweets that came out after that live uh, that developer update that they released uh, just just today. 
So, well, yesterday by the time you're listening to this. So the tweet reads, The first event mission will be called Underworld, and it is located in King's Row. These missions can include canon or non-canon events in the Overwatch universe. Every week, the parameters of these missions will change, such as the playable heroes. So, what are we talking about here, of course? We are talking about the invasion uh, event sort of thing. So this is Season 6 information, so not yet, not Season 5, but Season 6. So really interesting that they're they're kind of showing us this already, okay? You're going to have these missions. Um, some of them will be canon, some of them will not. Of course, you could kind of extrapolate that from the whole theme around Season 5 being, you know, D&D themed. Of course, that's very non-canonical. Um, maybe the the campaign they run in D&D is, but the actual, you know, events with Demon Lord and things like that are, of course, not. But interesting to see that they are going to allow some space to kind of play here. This is something that, I mean, in my opinion, um, I've always wanted to see more of when it comes to, and this is different medium, but when it comes to things like the uh, uh, DCU and, of course, the, the MCU with Marvel, um, I would really like to see them give creators the room to be like, I'm going to create a one-off story that doesn't necessarily need to fit into the larger MCU as a whole, and it can just exist on its own. Now, I know DC is kind of doing this a little bit. I know they've said their Batman universe is kind of, they've got this Batman universe. It is Batman. Batman is successful. They don't want to tie it all into everything else necessarily. Um, I like that idea, and I like that the Overwatch team kind of will have some freedom to do that. They want to make a totally side story, totally wackadoo kind of, tale about some some crazy thing that happens go for it right so that's one thing that's interesting here the other thing of course talking about the fact that it will be located in king's row i think we're going to see here some of those uh some of those changes when we first started seeing you know uh, sort of interesting tidbits about overwatch 2 coming out and you know leaks and things like that we saw a lot of things about people doing fly-throughs of the map where it was like oh there's a whole new area here or they've added a door here with a blocked off something behind it so i think this is kind of where we're going to start seeing a lot of that come into play now the omnic post has another tweet here uh coming out of the uh developer update today it was revealed that the first six heroes will receive their hero mastery during the season six mid-season patch these heroes will have different courses set on different difficulties. More heroes will follow throughout upcoming seasons. So, of course, that is talking about the Hero Mastery missions that we just mentioned, but this was not highlighted in that article, which is, again, a part of why I want to start using this uh, this this source. Um, so, Hero Mastery missions, of course, the first six heroes. So, I think that's saying that we are going to get six different heroes apostrophe mastery missions dropping in season six uh mid-season um when i first read it i thought it was implying that the first six heroes so the actual first six heroes that you were ever in overwatch were the ones going to be getting it i don't think that's the case um but in in any case it is interesting that we'll be getting six of course that does allow them more time to expand on on the uh hero mastery missions for other characters and of course roll them out at you know uh, a little bit of a slower pace of course eventually one day we will have hero mastery missions for every character i have to assume um, which which is very interesting. Now, this next one is the final one, the one that I actually wanted to get to because I find this one to be maybe the most interesting and kind of the most exciting. Um, it's mostly cosmetic, sort of, but in any case, let me read it. Overwatch 2 Invasion is finally introducing the new player progression system. 
you'll be able to level up heroes in certain categories and unlock badges and name cards. The sum of all your hero levels will also contribute to your new player level. And they've then actually got... Uh, they released a graphic of this as well um, from the, the developer update. Now, I'm actually going to jump over to the Overwatch Cavalry, of course, at OW Cavalry um, on Twitter, because they actually posted, first look at the new player progression system in hashtag Overwatch 2. Start earning emblems for heroes and upgrade your hero's level just by playing your way. You'll start earning badges and unlock a name card that you can work to upgrade. So then they've got some images here. So of course we have uh, these sort of emblems that indicate, you know, it does say not final artwork, but that are likely um, giving us a sneak peek at what these will look like. And then they've actually got the player card. And again, not final artwork, but it shows hero progression, Reinhardt. You've got a little picture of Reinhardt's portrait. You've got a bar that's filling up. Um, and then you've got some sort of badges that are associated with it as well. <clears throat> Interesting thing about the badges, they look a lot like the medals that were, of course, awarded in Overwatch 1 after every, every round and everything like that. But they do show us... Um, some glimpses as to what will count towards your character progression. So, of course, there's a time-played one. Um, there's wins. There's uh, damage dealt, uh, you know, eliminations, things like that, things you would expect to see. But then there's also some that maybe you wouldn't um, or, or maybe are less obvious. So damage mitigated, you know, that's on the scorecard. When it comes to a character like Reinhardt, that, will, that makes a lot of sense because of the large shield, obviously. They've got one for charge pins. They've got one for fire strike hits. They've got earth shatter stuns, and then they've got earth shatter kills. There is an arrow to indicate that, you know, maybe there's more. Maybe it's just another page to another hero, something like that. So in any case, very interesting there. And then they do have a final image here. Again, not final artwork, but where it actually shows um, a progression tab where you can, it appears, showcase which characters you want on that. And this is of your profile, of course. Um, so you can showcase your Reinhardt on your profile, your Doomfist, uh, your tank role, your tracer, and then just, you know, one for competitive. So it is really interesting and exciting, in my opinion, to see that they're showing this. Um, of course, this, you know, is no substitute for uh, for the, um, what, am, what am I thinking of here? Uh, the talent tree lack of and all that stuff but it is really interesting and exciting to see what they've got going on here um, see that they're making some pretty significant changes to how things had been uh, previously and and what they may look like in the future so i'm excited for this um, i think it's it's really exciting and, and cool to see how things have really evolved and again i also want to come back to the fact that back when we were looking at or back when season three was kind of wrapping and we had uh, some info trickling out about season four. I had said it really seemed like we were getting closer to the vision that the team wanted to release with, but unfortunately, obviously, they had to release early. So I do think that, you know, these seasons have been improving. Um, season one, there was a lot of hype. I think season two was probably the lowest, just simply because I think a lot of people were burnt out after season one, and it was kind of like not much has changed. Season three, I think they got a little bit of that good faith back. Um, season four was maybe a little bit lower again although personally i liked it a lot because of the theme of of it with star watch um season five i think has another great theme although i think a lot of people at this point are just waiting for season six but we do see with season five them doing a lot of new exciting experimental stuff that we haven't really seen them do before with this whole uh, uh dungeons and dragons fantasy theme going on so ultimately season six is bringing a lot it seems like and i think we're all just excited to to see what happens there so 
With all that said, that's everything. That's it. That's all I have for the show. So let's head on over and wrap this thing up. Be consumed by the shadows. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to episode 113 of One Man Watchpoint. This is, of course, an Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. If you're not familiar with me, please check me out over on Twitter at SirDRJM. That's at SirDrJM. You can tweet at me. You can DM me. You can send me whatever you want, and I'll bring it to the show as long as it's, you know, appropriate. But even if it's just video game related, not necessarily Overwatch related, I would love to talk about it on the show. Uh, we do record every Wednesday posting, usually every Thursday. Um where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. If you did like what you heard here, check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast. Uh, Ready, Set, Pwn is your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant in the Overwatch League. I'm, of course, the third host over there. And this Friday, we are interviewing Adam Adamu at Grayson on Twitter, the interim CEO of Overactive Media, the company, of course, that owns the Toronto Defiant. And that episode will be going live uh, next week on, I believe, Tuesday the 27th. So definitely check that out. That's going to be it for us on One Man Watchpoint. We'll catch you next week for another episode. Thanks very much. You have my thanks.